So I was going to go get myself a little treat, a little treaty treat, if you will. I was going to have a donut. And then I said to myself, well, you cannot have a donut, sir, until you've recorded a podcast episode. <sighs> so you guys are the work and my donut is the treat. I'm going to have a donut afterwards. Products of the 90s, uh, early 2000s, and movies and comic books and video this games. Is the first bite mark of the zombie apocalypse for culture here, right? Like, we're coming hey, into if, it. If that's what you folks probably see, some of the topics may be suited for mature audiences. We're not going to throw out any emojis. We may, we may throw out some emoji. Comments. How are you going to do an emoji on a podcast? Welcome back to the Culture Jack podcast. This is the uh, number one rated podcast in my mind, but really the only podcast where you get to listen to my beautiful voice. And even that's not true. I did uh, appearances on the original Jeek podcast and the Freaky Deaky podcast. Uh, I made a special, a special episode appearance on It Goes Down in the PM. So I've been around. I've been around the podcast space for a little bit. But on this podcast, you hear my voice. And we talk about video games, we talk about movie, we talk about uh, nerd culture, TV shows, um, specifically things that have to do with like comic books, superheroes, that sort of thing. So if that sounds like what you are interested in, please join me on this journey. And today we're going to be talking about the best movies and games of last year, of 2022, to continue the theme that I've kind of developed. But speaking of themes, before I get into that, I have a running consistent theme over these last few episodes where I've been discussing to you the many benefits of having and using a bidet. Now, I've talked about, uh, you know, how it does a better job cleaning up. I've talked about how it will wake you up in the morning uh, in lieu of a fresh cup of coffee if you if you blast ice cold groundwater into your ass. But I found another, yet another benefit of owning one of these things. So before I get into that, there is, I am what in layman's terms is referred to as a weenie. I don't like to eat spicy foods. When I have a good spicy Thai food or a, a nice Mexican dish that's even got the hint of spice, even the suggestion that it might burn my lips and tongue, I steer clear of it, but sometimes, sometimes I, I get the better of myself and I, I go for one of these dishes anyway. And when I do, not only is the original lip and tongue burning going on, but the thing that I fear the most is the secondary burn. And you know, the one I'm talking about where you're sitting on the bowl and you're lobbing off, lobbing off these grenades uh, you get that that ring of fire that oh man that's a that's a spicy one and now owning a bidet if i haven't convinced you to purchase and, and install and use a bidet yet this will do it so if you own a bidet in between volleys you can spray down you don't have to wait till the end to clean up you just turn it on in between and it cools you right down so if that hasn't convinced you to get a bidet god i want that donut Okay, uh, another thing that I wanted to talk to you about is I'm on steroids now. So if you notice me looking kind of buff and you notice that, man, 
his testicles are very, very small. Well, that's it. It's because I'm on steroids. I actually went to the doctor. My shoulders were bugging me. And this is just part and parcel to getting old, I think. But my shoulders were bugging me. I went to the doctor and he said that I have an impingement in my shoulders. And so what that is, if you're if you're someone who's just started working out or you've been working out for a while, is if you work primarily the, what did he call them? He called them the sexy beach muscles, you know, your pectorals, uh, your, your shoulders are going to shift in and your stance will become more uh, like a Neanderthal. You'll have slumped shoulders. And then those other, other tendons and ligaments will get stretched and you will get impinged. So make sure you are working in equal measure to your sexy beach muscles, those opposing muscle groups. It's very important that you do not get an impingement. I had it, sore shoulders. I got a steroid injection in each shoulder. Seemed to have solved it for a little bit, but I'm going to need some physical therapy. <sighs> I think those are all of the things that I wanted to talk to you before we get into the show. Uh, last week, we did talk about the best TV series and the best anime of 2022. And it is still weird that it's halfway through 2023 and I'm still talking to you about 2022, but I did take a long time off. So I, I don't really think that can be, I don't really think that can be helped anyway. Um, there are some rules as I go into this, this is going to be a, a top, a top list for games and movies. Um, I'm going to give you some notable, notable titles and then I am going to give you my top three, um, starting at, at number three, number two, and number one that I've watched. And now these movies, these games don't necessarily have to be ones that came out in 2022 because I just don't operate like that. It could have been the first time that I played, we'll say, uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, that 1990s masterpiece, but here I am playing it for the first time in 2022, it could still make the list. Uh, additionally, as we found out from my, my previous best of list, my series in anime, it doesn't necessarily even need to be one that I watched, but maybe just one that I intended to watch that will make the list. Maybe it won't make the, the top of the list because I didn't see it, but... Uh, it, I'll definitely tell you if there was one that I really wanted to see, but for whatever reason, the stars didn't align and it didn't work out. So we're going to start with the the top movies of 2022. Now, Marvel, uh, as they do every year, has a lot of uh, top movies. And so I think by that very nature, it, I'm not like the Oscars where I automatically disqualify the Marvel movies because I love the Marvel movies but they're going to have a lot harder time to get into contention for those top spots just because they do feel very similar to one another. And that's not a bad thing. I love the Marvel formula, but then again, I can't be awarding Marvel the movie of the year every year. So Marvel had uh, Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness, Thor love and thunder and black Panther Wakanda forever. And I didn't even see Black Panda Wakanda Forever until uh, this year, actually. So I was I was really late to that party. I loved them all. I love what they did with um, T'Challa uh, 
after Bozeman's passing. I like how they handled that. I like how they made Shuri Namor was a great villain. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness would have liked to see a little bit more multiverse in that Multiverse of Madness. Everyone said that Thor Love and Thunder was trying too hard to be funny. I thought it was great. I thought it was, I thought uh, Gore the God Busher was amazing. I thought that uh, Korg's, um, this is, this is like a fan theory, but I've really latched onto it, that Korg was the one telling the story about this adventure of Thor. And that's why it was so goofy. And I like, I like that. I like that theory. Uh, those two are actually my top three, so I can't talk about them yet. Uh, Black Adam came out. It was good, but it suffered from the same thing that all of all of the Rock's movies suffer from, and that is the Rock can't be beat. At worst, he can suffer from a draw. And how are you going to make a char- character that's supposed to be an antihero, that's supposed to be the the main antagonist for Shazam, where he can't be beat? And I, I don't. I don't care for that. It was fine. I liked the Justice uh, Society of America. That was pretty cool. Uh, the Batman, Moonfall. Moonfall was really good. I know it's like a cheesy B action movie, like, oh my gosh, the moon's crushing Earth, some hollow Earth stuff, but I really liked it. Uh, Spirited. I watched that around Christmas. That's the Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds one, uh, which is kind of a a reimagining of the... Uh, Scrooge story where, you know, he's visited by the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and and future. Bullet Train was one that I really enjoyed. If you have not seen Bullet Train with, um, shoot, what's, what's that guy's name? He's a famous actor. A lot of people know him. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's the guy on the Bullet Train. That was really, that was really good. I really enjoyed that one. Oh, it also had, uh, is it Aaron Taylor Johnson? It had freaking Quicksilver in it. I think. I think it did. And his character was really good. Also, his uh, his buddy that was on the train that gave everyone the... Uh, oh, no, he gave everyone the stickers. No, his buddy gave everyone the Snickers. I've got a, I've got a sneeze. Not the Snickers, the stickers. <laughs> and yeah! <laughs> that was a good one. My, <laughs> and not to get too sidetracked, but my brother, um, you know, when, when people sneeze, most people say, you know, Gesundheit or God bless you. <laughs> Are you all right? My brother says, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It kind of helps, helps me stop sneezing. Uh, the Adam project. That was the Ryan Reynolds one where he went, you know, Spoilers, I guess, for the Adam Project. Spoilers for all these movies. If you if you hear a movie, I'm gonna say the title first and just imagine there might be a spoiler coming coming after it. But the Adam Project, where Ryan Reynolds kind of went back in time and met up with his younger self to stop someone from taking over time. I guess it was a, it was a good one. It was a standard um, Ryan Reynolds joint. The Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. There was also Werewolf by Night, the two specials that they did on Disney+. And I included these in the movie section and not the TV show section because I feel like, you know, they were more like feature-length pictures. But I really liked um, their adventure to kidnap Kevin Bacon. And uh, Drax and Mantis 
ever since Guardians of the Galaxy 2, the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, and Guardians of the Galaxy 3, they have had such wonderful chemistry, and so I'm so glad that they continue pairing these two together because, shoot, they're they're very, very funny. I like it when uh, he said, you got to keep your little man, and she's like, that's because I took care of it. That's because I I uh, didn't didn't drop it. Um, Sonic Two came out. Uh, good follow up to Sonic One. I really enjoyed the Sonic the Hedgehog movies. There was a movie on Netflix called Sea Beast. It was an animated flick, and it was about these giant sea monsters that you know were hunted by these by these humans. And it's it's just what you'd expect. It's the same kind of story that we've seen time and time again. It's a very uh, how to train your dragon. Oh, no, these terrifying dragons are terrifying us. Oh, well, you know, I guess they're not so bad. They're not so different from you and I. And then that's kind of the crux of the movie. And that and that develops into the main conflict between people that still see these sea monsters as terrible, horrible creatures and those that want to to save them. The, the conservationists versus the industrialists sort of situation. And that, it was pretty cool. I liked it. Chippendale Rescue Rangers came out. Uh, that was a hoot. A lot of cameos in that one. Lightyear was a good, uh, Lightyear was a good animated movie. You know, kind of a paint by the numbers thing. Had a little time travel distortion uh, in it. And so I really enjoyed that. And I did not, this is one that I did not watch and I did not really want to watch because of all of the all of the hype or I guess negative hype around it. And that was Morbius. A lot of people watch Morbius. Morbius was such a cultural phenomenon last year. It was so funny because Sony put out Morbius and it bombed. It didn't do very well. But then the Internet being what the Internet is made it a meme unto itself like uh, there was it's Morbin time became a popular meme online. And so Sony thought that that kind of uh, virality of Internet meme would translate into box office numbers. So the Internet essentially tricked Sony into re-releasing Morbius <laughs> back into the theaters to, again, a very dismal box office uh, take. And so that was very funny. Netflix dropped a movie that I did not anticipate being on my top list, but I watched it three times and it's a three hour long movie, but it did, uh, it did make my, make my list of best movies for this last year. It is a movie called RRR and I don't know if it's a Bollywood movie, but there's a lot of singing, a lot of dancing and a lot of really high octane, incredible action set pieces. Uh, these two these two um these two guys essentially they uh the one is a is a soldier in the um colonized british army uh that came over and another one is like a freedom fighter and this young girl gets kidnapped and he goes to find this young girl who's kidnapped by um a a austere you know british royalty or something and the other guy goes to goes to stop this retrieval from taking place. However, they don't realize that they are opposing factions, and so they become best friends and kind of keep their their missions separate from one one another. 
And then it, you know, it culminates into big fight scenes and a lot of wild, ridiculous action. And I just freaking loved it. It was so good. A lot of song, a lot of dance. Uh, it was really good. Oh, shoot. I ruined it. I ruined it. I didn't cross it off my list. That's actually my number two in my top three. So that's a little taste of what you what you get from my uh, from my top three there. Strange World was another animated uh, one. It was really good. Um, I I was able to call it at the end because it was kind of predictable, but uh, probably one of the top animated movies of last year was one called Turning Red. You know, if you have not seen Turning Red, it's a Disney movie, I believe. And it's about this uh, young girl whose parents are very strict, want her to be, you know, by the book, by the numbers. But apparently in her family, she has a genetic disposition to turning into a gigantic red panda going through her changes. So there's a lot of a lot of analogy that is made through like growing up and and going through changes, going through puberty, uh, being an adolescent, falling in love, you know, obsessing over a boy or, or uh, and then her actually going through a very significant change of turning into a giant red panda. But it was it was absolutely amazing. Uh, the Bad Guys was another animated movie. I did not get a chance to see um, Pinocchio, the Disney put Pinocchio. But I did get a chance to see uh, the Netflix Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio, which was absolutely amazing. It was, and that might have that might have come out this year, though. Actually, I'm not sure if that came out this year or last year, but that one was awesome. It seems like it stuck closer to maybe the folklore of Pinocchio. You know, not just like Disney's adaptation, Disney's version of it. And then I saw uh, The Bad Guys, which was another animated one. Very fun. One that I did not see. Um, one that I did not see, but that I I know would be my jam and probably would have made the top three had I watched it. But it was everything, everywhere, all at once. That one seems like it would have been wild. And it was released to very, very big acclaim it got i think best actress best supporting actor nods maybe best film as well at the oscars but it did well it it pulled in some awards also uh all right on to my top three here they are number three was puss in boots Uh, a lot of animated movies on this list but puss in boots was by far the best animated feature of last year it uh and it it probably come really close to some of the the rankings that i gave some of the anime last year like it it would stand in contention with ranking of kings i think it i think it was really good it had a really good story it was very dark uh the way that they made this charismatic uh very this cat filled with bravissimo. They, they humbled him by taking away all of his lives, by taking away his security blanket and the action set pieces in it were amazing. The animation style was kind of, it looked kind of stop motion, but at the same time it was, 
I don't know, it was gorgeously animated. They had a incredible manifestation of death in this wolf that was was pursuing Puss throughout the movie. And I don't I don't know if like to this day to the end of the movie, I don't know if that was just like in Boots or Boots in Puss's mind or whether that was actually death or that was a a character that just kind of symbolized death. But either way, it was an amazing, amazing movie. I already told you RRR was my second favorite movie of the year. Um, I, what more can I say about it? I, I mean, really, like there was a point in which the two main characters, not knowing that they were on opposing uh, teams, uh, they were working out and well, they were doing they were doing squats and one of the dudes was on his back and they were singing this song about being best friends while they were doing that, like looking longingly into each other's eyes. I mean, these were the best of bros and uh, RRR scored my number two movie because of it. Now, my number one movie, drum roll, please. That's my drum roll. It was Avatar The Way of Water. It just, it was a technical achievement. It was a sequel that I didn't think would hit after, you know, 12 years or however long it's been. But really, um, it just knocked it out of the, knocked it out of the water. No pun intended. Uh, the, the effects were great. The story was great. I, I teared up when, uh, you know, again, spoilers for all these movies, but I teared up when the oldest brother, uh, died. Oh man, that was a heavy scene. It was so well acted. Um, the technology that went into, who was it? Was it Sigourney Weaver? Was it, I think it was Sigourney Weaver. I'm probably getting that name wrong. But Sigourney Weaver, who was the scientist in the first one, apparently her avatar character had a child, but they used her face, but they made it more youthful. And then the things that either she was doing, acting with her voice, or they were doing in post-production were absolutely uh, amazing. I like the that we got kind of an expansion of the world of, what is the world's name? The world's name is not Avatar. Yeah. Oh, and then it dealt with like the concepts of consciousness too when it the the general dude came back, but it wasn't him. It was just like a backup of his genetic sequenced material and his consciousness. So he actually died. And that's you know, something that my existential dread hasn't let me hasn't let me sleep well with at all is is the fact that oh yeah, even if we were able to move our consciousness to another body, it'd just be a copy of the consciousness. It wouldn't actually be that person's consciousness. So they'd actually have to die. And then he he came across his dead body and he held his skull in his hand. What a surreal and interesting interesting thing for a movie to do all of it was very cool uh i loved it when uh jake solly's wife went berserk at the end i like seeing jermaine clement do an american accent that was hilarious that was hilarious made me sad for those whale creatures that were being harvested for their their immortality spinal fluid overall a really good good movie uh you know, maybe a little ham-fisted with its message, but as as was the first one as well. But great effects. Uh, I I I was watching it, 
and I didn't even realize that it was it was over three quarters of the way done. The first time I looked at my watch, we were about two and a half hours in. Like that's how good it was for me, anyway. But that was my top movie of 2022. Okay, I'm gonna jump over to games. What are we at? What are we at? We're at over 20 minutes now. No problem. I can bang out some games here. So for video games uh, in 2022, just like anime, I was like, man, well, I didn't play that many video games. Uh, But it turns out I did. I went back and played Bastion from Supergiant Games. Um, I think they're Supergiant anyway. That's a great one. It's got, uh, what's his name? I don't know if he actually voice acted in it, but who's who's the guy who he was in Sin City, famous for Sin City. He's got the very deep voice. God, it's driving me bananas. I can't think of his name at present. You're probably yelling at your yelling at your headphones. You're like, come on, it's that guy. You know the one. Uh, anyway, he was in it. It was good. I beat that uh, game, and I don't beat a lot of games. Played a little bit of Road 96. Interesting game. Interesting game. Uh, What else came out? God of War Ragnarok came out. Horizon Forbidden West came out. I didn't play either of those. I do have a PlayStation 4. I think both of those are PlayStation 4 games as well. They're not 5 exclusive yet. So I may yet get them. But I still haven't beat the original games. I still haven't beat um, Horizon Zero Dawn. And I haven't beat the original God of War, so I still have work to do before I even get to play those. Elden Ring came out to a massive critical and commercial acclaim. A very successful game. Huge game by any stretch of the imagination. I bought it because I've played Dark Souls before, and Dark Souls wasn't my jam, but I bought it. I was tricked into thinking, well, maybe this one's a little bit different. Turns out it's just another Dark Souls game with an open world uh, touch in it as well. Uh, high on life. I'm, I'm, I am playing Elden Ring, though. I'm still playing it. Like, I'm, I'm getting into it. Uh, this is challenging for even me, a pro gamer. Don't tell Logan I said that. High on life. Now, you know, put aside all of the controversy surrounding Justin Roiland. Uh, at this point, I think he's even been... He's even been uh, cleared of all of the charges that were against him. However, I cannot unsee the messages that he shared with a 14-year-old girl. Um, and so, yeah, he's not guilty of any crimes per se, but he is guilty of being a freak and a pervert. Regardless, uh, the comedy in that, if you like the comedy of Rick and Morty, it's very similar to Rick and Morty comedy. Um, it's very gross. It's, I wouldn't say it's the most technically impressive game. Like when you shoot characters, when you shoot any of the, the villains, they, you know, they feel like they're paper. So it doesn't have a lot of like, uh, you know, that oomph that you expect in a first person shooter, uh, Somerville. I beat that. This was from one of the creators of inside. They'd branched off, made this game. It was a little glitchy, and I only got the violent ending. So if anyone out there in Culture Jack fandom knows how to get the other endings, I I assume there's two more endings. 
uh, to Somerville, let me know. I mean, I could look it up as well, but also you could tell me. Fortnite was one of the games that I played a lot of. I played a lot of Fall Guys as well. These Battle Royale games, like they have me. I I did dip my toe into par- po- Parkemon. <laughs> Parkemon Scarlet. Pokemon Scarlet. Um, my whole family did, in fact. My son, my daughter, my wife. We all We all played Pokemon Scarlet. And in our house, it was pretty big for about a month. The glitches didn't bother me so much. And we were talking about Pokemon. Pokemon's such a fun game to talk about, like, historically. Because my wife and I, we played Pokemon Red. We played Pokemon Yellow. We played all of the older Pokemons. Um, and so we were talking to our son. And and we were like, you know, in this one, you have a dragon that you can ride almost immediately. In Pokemon, you'd have to wait through halfway through the game until you unlock the, the the boots, which would allow you to run, and then even further into the game when you could when you could buy a bicycle. Uh, <laughs> you didn't have a choice when you were going to fight. Uh, you didn't get to go up and talk to someone and be like, "I'd like to fight you now." You'd have to <laughs> you'd have to pass their line of sight, and they were always directly in the fucking way. Uh, so there's a lot of little creature comforts and um, ease of use improvements to the Pokemon series over the years. Uh, Pentiment played a little bit of that. That's uh, Obsidian's new game. It just wasn't for me. It was a little slow. Treader's Revenge, uh, a brawler game. I haven't played a brawler game in forever, but I played that with the family. That was a little bit of fun. Uh, Rocket League Sideswipe came out last year. If you're not familiar with Rocket League Sideswipe, it is the Rocket League cars, but in a 2D environment, not 2D environment, but a side-scroller environment that is played on mobile phones. Oh my gosh, it's it's a hoot. And the skill cap is not quite as high as it is on Rocket League, like the, the standard version Rocket League. Because on standard version Rocket League, there are people that have... They've made that game, they've made the cars that they control an extension of their body, and and they can do things in it that, uh, I mean, really any new player couldn't even contend with. Vampire Survivors came out last year, that was pretty sweet, uh, very simple game, played a little bit of Jackbox Party, uh, the Secrets of Dumbledore, what's the Secrets of Dumbledore? Was that... No, Hogwarts Legacy came out this year. What did I? Why did I write the secrets? The secrets of Dumbledore. I don't know what that game is. I swear. And if it's some like illicit online game, uh, it's not one that I played. I swear to God. T- Top Gun Maverick. That was a movie. Oh, it's on the gaming side. Well, Top Gun Maverick came out, and it was good. A lot of people say, oh my gosh, Top Gun Maverick saved cinema, saved saved uh, the movie theater experience, and it was fine, and it made a lot of money, but those Marvel movies make a, a bunch of money every time, too. You just got to have things that people want to go see. That wasn't one of my top games 2022. <laughs> was not Top Gun Maverick. Okay, these are my top three games of 2022. Are you ready? Number three was Marvel Snap. It was a mobile game on your phone. You have cards that you play against other cards, and and the cards are numerically rated, but they each have powers. 
and you play them in one of three locations and each of the locations has a special power associated with that location. Now, the beauty of Marvel Snap, if you have not played Marvel Snap, is you get to make a wager. So the, the way the ranking system works in it, it works on cubes. You get so many cubes, you move up a ranking level. And, and every game, one cube is wagered. So if you lose, you lose a cube and the other person gains a cube. Now you can, at any point in the game, you can snap. And when you snap, you wager then two cubes. Your opponent then has an option to snap back and wager four cubes. If it makes it past a certain point in the game, the cubes are doubled. If no one has retreated by that point, so you can win up to eight cubes a match should your hubris decide that you need to challenge for extra cubes. Now, what makes it fun is you can bluff. You can have a terrible hand. You cannot be doing well, but you can then go ahead and snap against your opponent, making them think maybe that you have a better hand. Or if you're just a cocky son of a bitch, which I know you are, uh, you can uh, just snap whenever. Um, you can snap back whenever because oh, they're not going to snap on you without having having some kind of repercussion, and that being your snippety snap. So that was number three. Number two was Moonlighter. Moonlighter's an older game, but I played it last year, and it made my top three. So Moonlighter essentially is a a top-down, uh, what are those called? A roguelike game where the, the dungeons are uh, procedurally generated, so never do you go in and, and no two are the same, uh, and you slay monsters, and they drop artifacts. When they drop these artifacts, you can pick them up, and you use these artifacts to craft items, to build better armor, but you go back to town, and then you also have a little store that you run during the day. So you dungeon crawl at night and you run this store during the day. While you're running the store during the day, you can sell these artifacts. You can sell the weapons and armors that you have crafted. And then you can use that money to upgrade your store, upgrade the town, buy better armors, and go into better, better dungeons. I just thought the game loop was a lot of fun. And... Uh, it's it's one that I really enjoyed. It it kind of scratched that itch of being uh, an RPG, being a crafting game, and also being a roguelike dungeon crawler. So highly recommended Moonlighter if you haven't played that one. It was on Game Pass for a little bit too. So if you're an Xbox boy or girl like me, then uh, you could play that one. And my number one game for 2022 was Tunic. Now Tunic had a very, very interesting game mechanic. So in the game, you could uh, press the pause or select menu, and you would go into a, a game book, like a, a little guidebook. For those of you like me that are in your 30s, you will remember when you used to buy a Super Nintendo game or you'd buy a PlayStation game, they would all come with these little manuals inside the game. And you look through the manuals to learn the buttons, to learn some tips and tricks, you know, there'd be credits in there. And so this one had an in-game manual and you would find pages for it. And so your character would have movesets from the very start of the game, but you wouldn't know how to do them until you played the game a little bit and got some extra pages. And it would be like, oh, if you just, we'll say, 
hold this button, then you will do this thing. And you might have discovered that you could do this thing, but it wouldn't do anything. And you'd be like, well, that's useless. What's that do? But then you'd find a page later that had maybe some handwritten notes scrawled on it that said you'd have to do this thing over by this monument or over against this enemy type. Or there was a secret path to discover here. And there was one secret path that I found almost at the end of the game. Almost at the end of the game that I I had battled through enemies and solved puzzles and, and gone, you know, through very dangerous terrain to get to. But I found that there was a path that led right back to the start of the game. That was just in a location that was kind of hidden from the eyes. It's like a, a three-quarter top-down isometric uh, game. And it was, to make things more incredible uh, than this game lighting my childhood spirit and my imagination and my nostalgia uh, all aflame, to make it more interesting than all of that, this game was developed mostly by one person. I, th I think it, he said it took him like seven or eight years to do, but you're this cute little fox. It's a Zelda-like, but it's so much more than Zelda. Yes, you have tools and weapons that you use akin to the Zelda franchise, but the game's biggest weapon and the game's biggest tool that you can get is your knowledge. And you get that through trial and error. You get that through the manuals. And it just, it brought me such a sense of wonder that I have not experienced in a game in a long time. So 2022, my game of the year was Tunic. And that's my list. I gave you my my whole list of my movies for 2022, my games for 2022. What did you think? Were there things that I missed? Were there things that you adored from 2022 that I didn't even mention or talk about? Let me know. Leave me a comment. Send me an email. Um, but I think that's going to be it for the show. Uh I think next time, well, next time, maybe. Yeah, we'll, we'll stick with 2022 for one more, one more episode. Maybe I'll tell you a new discovery that I made with my bidet. But I want to talk about some of the big gaming and movie news from last year and talk maybe about where some of it is now, like some of the prog progression, some of the developments that have occurred since last year, uh, whether it's, you know, big superheroes being injured or it's big uh, studios being acquired or, you know, if you've been keeping up with the news, attempting to be acquired. Uh, I do have a book that I've written. If you have not already picked up The Unsightly Truths of Larabi Co., The Obsidian Pillar by Dustin Poindexter, please consider that. The link is in the description along with all the other links to this stuff. Oh, I've been putting out YouTube videos on the Culture Jack Podcast YouTube channel, so go check those out if you'd like. You can subscribe to this podcast here or on whatever streamer of choice that you happen to be listening to it on. Download the podcast if you want to take it with you on a road trip. But yeah, I think that's that's it for this podcast episode. It felt good to get back in the saddle to do it a do it again, and it is. Friday, so make sure you leave me a good review, and I, I hope, my sincerest hope, that your weekend, nope, I, I screwed it up, <laughs> I hope that your week was great, 
and your weekend is even better. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Culture Jack Podcast. If you like the show and you'd also like to support it, there are a bunch of ways to do just that. Be sure to tell a friend, a co-worker, or fellow bus passenger about this little radio broadcast. Please visit any and all of the sponsors of today's episode. Make sure to subscribe or follow on the streamer you're listening with right now. If you turn on automatic downloads, new episodes will be waiting for you regardless of the internet freak spelunking that you're planning for this weekend. You could also get like a massive Culture Jack tattoo preferably on your lower back or perhaps your pubic region maybe with like the little revolvers about the hips that some people do maybe wrapped up by thorns and roses and whatnot it could be very nice very tasteful check out our social media youtube channel other projects and get in touch with the show using the links in the show description have a comment or question featured on the show or would like to secure one of our coveted guest spots on the podcast to talk anime or video games with me email is probably your best bet though my dms are always open baby Another easy way to support the show is by buying my book. I wrote a book. It's a fairy tale, a long poem. It's called The Obsidian Pillar. It's a joy to read and a delight to be read to. Check it out. Links are also in the description there. Thank you again for stopping by and be sure to tune in for the next episode. Okay, thanks. Goodbye.